Praise the Lord. To God be the glory. Thank you, uh, Sister Risa, uh, Pastor Abel, for ministering to our hearts this afternoon by uh, singing for the glory of God. And thank you for continuing with us this afternoon. Amen. God knows your heart. God knows uh, your dedication. And uh, we are always blessed and encouraged by your presence. And we know that truly this day is the Lord's day. He deserves. Amen. Uh, the best we can offer to him. And we thank God for the good service we had this morning. For the word of God that has been uh, preached. And we thank God for the encouragement uh, from his word. And even uh, uh, our kids here, as I said, they are very, very blessed. We are all blessed to be in this church. And we have the, the ab abundance of uh, the avenues of being able to hear God's word being taught and shared and preached to us. So I know uh, we're uh, excited for the church service to end. Amen. <laughs> it might be a long day for us because the others still have some... Uh, things to do, business meeting after this, but uh, it's, it's a joy. Uh, we should enjoy the service, amen, in the afternoon. Not just endure it, but enjoy it, all right? I'll try to be short. I'll, I'll try to uh, remember the word kiss from my uh, beloved wife here. Keep it short, Sam, and sometimes it's hard. I'm a long-winded preacher. So I, uh, in advance, ask for your pardon, your understanding if I ever <laughs> preach for more than half an hour. Or four to five minutes. Sometimes it becomes an hour. Well, anyways, uh, it's always good to uh, share God's word. And our text can be found. Uh, I shared this message before. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 16. Uh, I know just by reading God's word is already a blessing for us as believers as we read it with understanding. And I hope and pray that we'll have listening ears and understanding heart. I know sometimes I... I talk fast, isn't it? So if I talk fast, just listen faster. So <laughs> you'll be able to um, grasp the message, but I always count it as a privilege and an honor to stand behind this pulpit and just be able to open the Bible and share God's word. And we are also thankful for all our teachers for today. Amen? Uh, even the whole week, our teachers in our Bible study group, for everybody who had opened their uh, homes, their the doors of their houses for the brethren to gather. Of course, Wednesday prayer meeting and such. And truly, man can never live by earthly bread. But we need spiritual nourishment from God's word. So let's all stand to our feet if you are able to do so. And we know the context of this. This is Apostle Paul writing to his uh, son in the faith, his prodigy, uh, Timothy. And here we can see the example of Paul from verses 10 to 13, and then from verses 14 to 16, uh, young Timothy, a young pastor, he uh, admonished him to be steadfast in the scriptures, steadfastness in the scriptures. So let's read verse 10. Uh, let's read all together. Begin. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, 
knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's look to him in prayer. Our Father God in heaven, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful afternoon because truly you made everything beautiful in your time. And this is now a sacred and holy time to uh, once again be able to um, worship you and magnify your name. And we just want to say, Lord God of heaven, that we are so blessed to have you in our life. We are uh, so undeserving, Lord, of your unconditional love, of your mercy and tender loving kindness. But thank you, Lord, every day you freely showered it upon us. You freely give it to us, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins. Once again, we come to you, ask for that cleansing. Help me, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. I am nothing without your strength without your help, and help us, Lord, to glean something from the scriptures that we've heard before. I, I pray, Lord, that it will encourage our hearts, especially our graduates here, our students who are still in their uh, journey, Lord, to find um, your perfect will in their lives. I pray, Lord, that they will may continue to seek your uh, will and your kingdom and your uh, grace upon their life, and help us, Lord, as church family, to continue to pray for them and support them and encourage them. But we rejoice, Lord, for all the accomplishments that you allow them to experience and to have for this school year, Lord. And help us to be good students of thy word this afternoon. And uh, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all be seated. It's graduation Sunday today, recognition of all our graduates from, uh, I think we recognize the middle school graduates the high school graduates, and especially the college graduates. And uh, our church is just uh, generous enough and blessed enough with the various ministries of our church that we really honor and recognize those people who accomplish something, you know. And it's a good uh, calendar for us where we honor our fathers, our mothers, our grandparents, our students, and we thank God for you. Uh, folks, our brethren, for supporting these ministries and this program. They said if you live an average lifespan of 70 years, or as the Bible says, three score and 10 years, this is what typically what happened to you. How many here are 70 years old and above? Wow, thank you for being honest. All right. You are blessed because you reached that average lifespan of a man. Uh, before, it's almost a millennia, you know? like Methuselah or Adam. But what if you ever live to be that long, isn't it? That's more uh, headache and heartache. But um, the Bible says uh, that man is born of a woman is, you know, short and full of trouble. So thank God that, you know, when life ends, trouble ends, amen? Or when the Lord comes, it will end. And we will live with him forever in heaven in bliss. But somebody says here that you will sleep for 24 years. Hmm maybe more for others, uh, work for 14 years, play for 8 years, eat for 6 years. Maybe this is a Filipino statistic. All right? Drive for 5 years, talk for 4 years, go to school 3 years, if you add all the time. You might get sick for 3 years, study and read 3 years, 
And uh, most of you probably, that will happen, those that are born in the early uh, 90s, all right? That would happen, and those who will reach 70. So as, as we all know, when we were born, we were uh, wrinkled, we were pale, we were bold, we were toothless, couldn't hardly see, just cry, complain, and had no clothes on. All right? But right now, you've gone a long ways, babies. All right? Now you finish middle school, you finish high school, and some college. All right? So uh, we'll go to uh, the first slide, I think. Uh, John Adams uh, said this. There are two types of education. One should teach us how to make a living, and the other how to live. That's true, isn't it? And we know John Adams is one of the great president of this great country, America. And uh, that's why you go to school, because uh, for a Filipino, that's the greatest, um, that's the greatest uh, inheritance or motivation or something you can do for your children, for your family, to have a good education. That's really emphasized in our culture in the Philippines. So kahit mahirap po ang pagpapaaral, di ba, ng mga magulang, igagapang nila yan, sabi niya. And they will try to do their best to have their children go to school and hopefully finish it. That's why um, uh, it's a blessing to be able to, to do what we ought to do. But um, it's not just the physical, secular education that we need to emphasize what life is all about. But most of all, we need to know why we are here on earth. Amen? How to live. And we have the Bible to tell us how to live. Meaningfully and purposefully. That's why I have a verse here. I believe in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. Okay, let's turn our Bibles there. It's not in the slide, but uh, if our ITs here are faster than my fingers. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Okay. Isaiah, Jeremiah. All right. We'll read verse 23. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. All right? Earthly wisdom, earthly knowledge. Uh, yes, a man can boast, can glory, can be proud of his educational attainments, accomplishment. You know? You get uh, R, uh, PSN, Masteral, or Doctorate, all these things that people attach beside your name, isn't it? To show what you had accomplished in, in life. And of course, many also thousands of dollars. Amen? Uh, an SM, okay? An MD, right? Marriage degree, pag hindi nakatapos, all right? Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither the mighty man glory in his might. And we can be proud of our accomplishment if you're athletic, you know, those basketball stars, superstars, uh, people that can run really fast, physically fit and everything. Yeah, they can be proud and be boastful of their physical you know, attainment and stature. But the Bible says, let us not glory for that. It's good to be healthy, amen? To be mobile and everything. Or, sabi ng Bible, let, the, let not the rich man glory in his riches. If you inherited riches, or you became rich because of hard work, or in any other circumstances, if you are blessed materially, but the Bible says, but let him that glorieth, glory in this, here it is, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So, in essence, the knowledge of God 
supposedly is man's glory. Amen? The true knowledge of who God is and what is your purpose and His plan in your life is what's, it's something that we should glory of. Amen? When we know and understand and do the will of God. You might be poor in this world, but if you know God and you have a close relationship with Him and you adore Him and you serve Him and, and you, you let Him known to others, He's saving gospel and knowledge, then you are blessed and you are rich in Him. Amen? Let a man glory that he knows the Lord. That's my message for the graduates. Now we can close. Oh, okay. There you go. Sana, no? Oh, a shortened version, all right? But, and that would happen, not happen, really. Okay, but here, um, there are two kinds of courses in life. As a review, you've heard this before from me. The required courses and elective courses. And we all became a student here at some point, isn't it? Some are still pursuing uh, further studies, and I salute them. Uh, we have a sister here in the Lord, Mrs. Balitaan. You know, she's really smart and intelligent, and thank God for the opportunity to further her studies. Amen? Uh, for the support. And uh, we are always proud of uh, our people here, our church people who are doing this not only for their own benefit, but for the glory of God. Amen? Because they just want to be a blessing a more blessing to others, more channel. And we have a, a very brilliant student here. You know, what a privilege to be uh, able to go to Manhattan in one of those schools, isn't it? Be able to have that experience. So we are so blessed, amen? And uh, all of the Bergen Bible Baptist Church members, I know your kids are very smart, you know? Uh, because they're Christians, amen? <laughs> they have good genes, genetic genes from the Lord. But... Um, we know um, if they are saved, they are a believer in Christ, they are already blessed. Yeah? That's why we need to continue to pray for them and just encourage them. Of course, the required courses, life, you've got no choice where, when, who your parents will be. Isn't it? Have you thought sometimes, I, I wish, or maybe when you are in deep trials or problems or depression and everything, sana pinanganak ako sa isang mayaman na pamilya or like prestigious parent here in America or in England when you hear those stories about Prince William you know and you know you thought of that wala na akong gagawin i'll just attend the ball you know and let the ball keep rolling yeah you know but you have no choice you're born in the philippines and, and not in a rich family but don't you know we are blessed because the lord found us and saved us amen we got into his family and even given us the opportunity to come into this great country. So Job 14, verse 1, 5, and 7, we know the verse of scripture. Uh, the next slide that tells that man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born. God in His sovereign will and plan, plan for you to be born where you are, who your parents will be. Amen? So we cannot really choose that. That's already destined. But thank God, because of that, you are in existence. Amen? Nandito kayo ngayon. Di tayo kabute. Alright? Or mushroom we just like sprouted somewhere, you know? But God has a purpose and a plan for every uh, individual that's born into this world. Alright? A time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Next slide. Of course, not only life, death is a required course. Everybody 
will die because in Adam all die. Our first parent, all right, where we all came from, from the loins, the similitude, the book of Romans says, of Adam, all right, because of his disobedience, you know, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, wherefore as by one man, that's Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, for death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. In Adam, we all die, spiritually and physically, and then, next slide please. We must also walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as we see in Psalms 23. All right, uh, Bible trivia, who are the only few people in the Bible that we know that never died physically, tasted death? Of course, Enoch was a picture of the church that will be translated or raptured, you know, from the Old Testament. He never tasted death. There will be some of us, hopefully in our lifetime, and I believe in our lifetime, who might not be able to taste death because the Lord will rapture us, snatch us away from this sin-cursed world in our, you know, state right now. And the dead in Christ, as 1 Thessalonians 4.13-17, to 17, says they will rise first, and in a moment, in a twinkling eye, all of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them. What a great promise from the Lord. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 12, uh, 2.13. All right, Enoch, who else? Elijah, yeah, there you go. Uh, taken to heaven by the chariot of fire. And uh, I shared it last Friday, shared this last Friday, probably when Christ was in the Mount of Transfiguration and some of the disciples, the inner disciples, inner circle, James, uh, John, and Peter were there to witness it. They saw Moses and Elijah fellowshipping, communing with Jesus. And they said, let's make uh, altars for, for all of them. And you know, Moses came back, which pictures the law, and Elijah represents and pictures the prophets. And they said this might be the two people or either one of them, those three, Enoch, Elijah, and Moses, that will be coming back in the great tribulation. In the second three and a half to be the two witnesses that will preach the judgment that's coming and, and the gospel during that time. So either Enoch and Elijah who never tasted that, but as the Bible says, it is appointed that unto man wants to die. Or either, either Moses, probably we know he died from the scripture, but his body was never found. God buried him somewhere on those mountains, but, you know, we all going to die. It is appointed unto man who wants to die. But next is the judgment. All right, the judgment seat of Christ, this is a required course. This is for the believer. All right, the Bema judgment. We will be judged according to our works. This is rewarding time. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. And later on in that passage of Scripture, our works for Christ will be made manifest. It will be uh, considered as gold, silver, and precious stones, things that will remain, that will pass through the fire, but things that will burn like wood, hay, and stubble or straw. And those are works that will not receive a reward, but will still be saved. Amen? It's still in heaven, but we will lose a reward. So all of us here, as we live in this earth, are reflecting what will be our reward will be when we get to heaven. Our service to the Lord, our stewardship, your faithfulness to God. Because that is what's counted, our faithfulness as steward. All right? Next. All right? The great white throne judgment. All right? This is a required course. This is for the unbelievers. Everybody that did not have salvation through Jesus Christ, through faith in the coming Messiah, they will be resurrected. They are already suffering in hell. 
and hell will be opened up. And in that end of time, God will open the books and it will show them their evil deeds, what they do to deserve punishment in the lake of fire forever. That's a very grim time, all right? Revelation 20, 14 and 15, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And other books are open that will judge them. All right, these are the required courses. How about the elective courses? So required, you don't have any choice, isn't it? You're going to go to that. Life and death, judgment. But the elective courses, we have a choice. We have a free will to choose either one. Of course, to be saved or to be lost. All right, I believe in the sovereignty of God, amen? But also I believe in human responsibility. When they hear the gospel, they need to respond, you know? And a lot of things can be said about that for our theological minds here. But thanks be to God, we are saved today, amen? And we can share that simple plan of salvation to others. That's what really matters, amen? That's what really matters. To be saved or to be lost. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 13. One of my favorite passages of scripture about, you know, sharing the gospel that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How about pagpipe, hindi makapag-confess? But isn't it God understandeth all things? God understanding our, understand our stammering lips. But it's really the heart, diba? Which represents our whole being. Our, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, oh, I know I'm a sinner. I know he died for me. He rose again. He, I know he's the only one that can save me. I could never save myself. If the Lord hears, hears that plea, that prayer, he will save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the scripture said, verse 11, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word call there is not just merely mentioning God's name. This is total trust and dependence upon him for forgiveness and eternal life. All right? So, to be saved or to be lost. And next, to be uh, nature forms us. As we know, it's a good saying. I don't know. I forgot who said this. Sin deforms us. School informs us. But only Christ Jesus can transform us. Amen? I think it was Brother Gilbert who said that. <laughs> All right. To be spiritual or carnal. Now that we are saved, we have a choice. Amen? And this is a long verse, but I, I love Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, please uh, read it with me silently. There is therefore now, amen, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Next that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Next. So then that they are in the flesh cannot 
please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or made alive your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as much as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Praise be to God. Whereby we cry, Abba, or Daddy, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Amen? Just reading that. I know we we're studying the book of Romans. We're going to go to that chapter. Just, just reading that by God's Holy Spirit help. What a blessing it is. Amen? That the Spirit of life had resided upon us the moment of salvation. We were made alive, quickened. Now we can commune with God. We can pray to Him. He can listen to us because our spirit are made alive because of the salvation that we have in Jesus. So to be spiritual or carnal is our choice. All right? Next, to be scriptural or, logic, uh, scriptural or logical. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't put R there. To be scriptural or logical. All right, we read a while ago, 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16. And we as Bible believers ought to, you know, live as Bible believers. Amen? The culture is not our guide for our way of living, but it's the scripture. Because the, script, the culture changes. And actually, it's going to get worse and worse in the last days. And society will turn its back from God. And we read there a while ago that it will wax cold and cold, worse and worse in the end days, spiritually speaking, even Christians. But when we look at the principles and precepts of the scripture, it is always constant and steadfast. We can rely upon it. That's why we neither be scriptural, even though people are saying it's not logical, isn't it? It's not logical to give your tithes when you have a lot of bills, amen? And support missionaries. It's not logical to stay in the church the whole day. You still have things to do at your house. It? It's not logical to do this, to do that. It seems like it's a waste. But you know what? We live by the scripture, by the Bible. There's blessings in obedience to God's word. So I don't have to elaborate that. Number four, to be safe in God's will or our own will. There you go. Philippians 2.12 Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation, all right? Mind you, Apostle Paul is writing to Philippian believers. That work out your salvation doesn't mean they have faith in Jesus and they do this and they do that to, in order to be saved. They already possess the salvation. Working out means manifest it, demonstrate that you are really saved. Show me your faith by your works. And if you're really saved, good works should be a byproduct of that salvation, of that faith, that inward 
change that had happened, the transformation, that new nature that's in you. Work it out so others will see that you are really His child. You are really His representative. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God. Again, look at that. It is God which worketh in you in the first place, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Is there another verse after that? There you go. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. True. We experienced last month, isn't it? What sin is capable of is supposed to put shame and guilt, and people are taking it as a pride, something to boast. I saw somebody uh, in Walmart with a Alam nyo na yung, yung flag nila, yung colors, di ba? They did it with the rainbow. It's supposed to be judgment and mercy of God, covenant, that He will not destroy the world. Now, it made them plant their lifestyle. And it says, uh, shirt niya, I can kiss whoever I want. <laughs> and our, our Sunday school teacher, for people here who work in New York, isn't it? Uh, alam nyo na, lalo pag summer, naglipa na, di ba? Yung mga temptations sa last of the eyes, you know? And wala na talagang ano, um, Kahiyan, shame. All right? So, mina market pa advertise. Kasi nga, that's the, w- the world thinking is right now. All right? But we are in a crooked and perverse nation among whom we shine as lights in the world. We still have a job to do. Amen? Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. So, if we do our own will, we will, you know, see the byproduct of it, consequence. But if we do and obey God's will, there's blessing. Amen? There is joy. There is something. So, students who are graduating today, uh, who had graduated or will be graduating in the future, and uh, I'm I'm glad our Faith Bible Institute can resume. Amen? Uh, It was such a tremendous blessing to all of us. Uh, Thank God for the knowledge that we glean from God's word through all those studies. And thank, thank you, church, for being just generous enough for our ge- education committee for opening this up. And I hope that we will uh, take advantage of it, amen, and really grow in our faith so we can also teach others and be a blessing to others. Uh, as we know, as the students who are graduating are told in a secular way of a commencement speaker that they are preparing to enter the adult world especially if you graduate from college, and that each and every one of them have a talent skills they can contribute to making this world a better place to live. Diba? You hear that? Most, that's the gist of their message. You know, uh, you have the talent, you have the skill, you, you had finished some things because, you know, you can contribute something to your society, to your family, to make the world a better place. Uh, we know that's true, but if the commencement speaker was a Christian and wanted to tell them the whole story about their life, he would say, God has a purpose for you being here, and you need to seek God to find out what his purpose is. Ganun naman talaga, no? Lahat tayo. Hindi lang sa student. Look at Ephesians 5.17. The Bible says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Okay, sa ating mga graduates, sa mga gagraduate ng high school, understanding the will of the Lord is. Finding out God's will, understanding it, and doing it 
is the greatest success really. Di ba? For a Christian, for a believer. That's good success. That the Bible tells us in the book of Joshua. Um, this is something probably a little bit funny. When you graduate, when you graduated, many of the graduates start life off after graduation with all the vigor they can muster up to find their niche in life. So someone said this. This is what different college graduates ask. The graduate with a science degree asks, why does it work? The graduate with an engineering degree asks, how does it work? The graduate with business administration degree asks, when will it work? The graduate with a finance degree asks, when will it turn a profit? It's a good ask question, isn't it? The graduate with an accounting degree asks, how much will it cost? Accountants? Huh? The graduate with an economic, economics degree asks, will there be demand for it? All right. Then the graduate with a liberal arts degree asks, would you like fries with that order? <laughs> Just kidding. Would you like fries with that order? All right. Liberal arts kasi eh. <laughs> Naging liberal din yung job. Every year, thousands and thousands of graduates are released into society in America and all over the world to find out what will they do in their life. But we know as a Christians, we need to find out what is God's will for our life. And this Sunday, we know it is God's will for us to be here. Amen? Amen. To worship God, to serve Him, to please Him, to fellowship with the believers. So, among the secular world, how do they try to find out what they have to do in this world, in this earth? How do, many, how do many go about doing this? Of course, a lot of them, many will follow the crowd. Many will follow the crowd. They think that if something works for others, it will work for them. It's the trending one. I need to get into the, uh, what do they call that? The bandwagon of it, you know? Um, but Exodus 23 verse 2 declares, uh, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Because... Majority is not always right, isn't it? Uh, you heard what happened two summers ago, isn't it? About the mobs that were looting and, and, and uh, doing thievery and robbing sa San Francisco, he, even here, di ba, in Manhattan? And alam nyo nangyari, politically speaking, they defund the police, they uh, lessen the punishment for the crime, you can really get away with it, you don't have to suffer the consequences, so... That empowered some individuals then. They become a crowd. They become a mob. And then they cannot even do anything about it. It was sad. It was tragic. A lot of things were burned. A lot of things were lost their value. And there's chaos. And the community suffered. Isn't it? Because if you follow the wrong crowd, that would happen. A mob. You know, there was a funny story uh, talking about if something worked for others, it will not work for you. Any time. Uh, I heard about the story of a hillbilly man from the mountains of Tennessee who found himself in a large city for the first time. He was standing outside an elevator in a fancy hotel. He watched as an old haggard woman hobbled into the elevator and the doors closed. And a few minutes later, a gorgeous, beautiful woman came out of the elevator door. And this old hillbilly guy said to his son, Hey, Bill! Get your mama here and let him get inside that elevator. <laughs> Maybe 
when she comes out, she'll look like that blonde woman, right? <laughs> ah, that would not work, isn't it? Uh, but you know what? In our society right now, one person does not always work for someone else. What works for one doesn't really work for everybody, isn't it? But our young people right now, uh, people right now nowadays, they, they, they follow the crowd. You know, what's happening and, you know, what I'm talking about, they look at some actresses and actors and celebrities and, and people in YouTube, YouTuber that, uh, some of them have good influence, isn't it? But they wear what they wear, they try to look how they look, they try to keep up with the Kardashians so hard. Because, you know, they have the money to do it with their plastic surgery and everything to look that and maintain that. And, and people will do that and try to do that too because they think that that would really give them happiness. And it will make them, you know, fulfilled in life. And many young girls will watch television interview of some movie actress and they look at the way she wears her hair and how she dresses. And they think that if they do the same thing, they will get the same results she got. Not really, all right? So they spend thousands of dollars in clothes, but if you just shop at Walmart, amen? And goodwill, you can't look like them, all right? Sorry to say. The reason I mention these actors and actresses is because it's foolish to think that we can follow the lead of others to look a certain way and also feel and experience the certain way that they experience and feel. To find their place in life, many just follow the crowd. They are like the blind leading the blind, and one day they are all going to fall in the same ditch. So many follow the crowd. Also many will follow after evil. All right? Many people who follow evil do not intend to travel this road all their life. You know, their, their plan is to make some big manifest. And they take a different route one day and give their hearts to the Lord. But you know what? Their mistake is this. Once a person takes the sin route, there are consequences to follow. Remember that song, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will cost you more than you want to pay and keep you longer than you want to stay. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 15 to 19, love not the world, isn't it? Let's turn there. All right, that's a good reminder for all of us. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Once again, the word world there is not the earth, is not the people, but the system, the evil system of the world. All right, it's philosophies and way of life that's contrary to God's word. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, sins that our first parents committed in the Garden of Eden, and since also that the devil tried to tempt Jesus to sin, but he overcame them, amen, victorious through the scripture, same sins. It says there is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world, here we go, pass it away. And the last thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. It passes. Yes, there's pleasure for a season. It passes. There's misery after it. But the one that doeth the will of God will abide forever. Yes, you'll abide forever. And your rewards will abide forever. Amen? When you do it for the Lord. Many will follow after evil. And what will happen when you follow after evil? What will sin do to you? It will rob you of your health. 
isn't it? It will rob you of your health. Many people today are in bad shape physically because they choose the path of sin. There's like one night stand or this and that, that they start with something and became uh, a bondage to them. It became abusive and an addiction, isn't it? Sin has really destroyed the life of many, especially nowadays with the dependence of this, you know? Because of the accessibility and legalization of it, you know? Uh, it, it, it tempts men more and uh, something to, to get, to, to get away from reality, to, to uh, cover something that's missing. And little did they know it's the Lord that can give them fulfillment. Amen? Satisfaction and peace and, and uh, calmness in their life. I heard about, uh, talking about medical things, I heard that one doctor was so busy treating patients that he had to change the message on his answering machine. A transcript of the new answering service goes something like this. Hello and welcome to the mental health hotline. If you are a codependent, please ask someone to press two for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, six. If you are paranoid, we know who you are and what you want. Stay on the line so we can trace your call. <laughs> if you are delusional, press seven and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. <laughs> if you are a manic depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press as no one will answer. <laughs> if you have amnesia, press eight and state your name, address, phone number, date of birth, social security number, and your mother's maiden name. That's well, a good exercise for them, isn't it? So they will not have amnesia, all right? If you have bipolar disorder, please leave a message after the beep or before the beep or after the beep. Please wait for the beep, okay? If you have short-term memory loss, please press nine. If you have short-term memory loss, press nine. If you have short-term memory loss, press nine. If you have low self-esteem, please hang up. All our operators are too busy to talk to you. <laughs> All right? So, wow, it's sad sometimes, isn't it? Many have chosen the path of sin, thinking it to be the best route to take their life. But, no, it will rob you of your health. Also, sin will rob you of your reputation. Isn't it? Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Good name, a good testimony, a good reputation. Everyone has a reputation, but sin will rob us of a good reputation. Heard about the story about a Marine who are known for their toughness, isn't it? The Marines are known for their toughness. Uh, Mission Impossible, they can do it. They are trained to endure toughness and hardness. So there's a story of a Marine who came to town and he pulled in at a hotel to get some rest, but every hotel in town was full. Talking about reputation. He said to the desk clerk, you've got to have a room somewhere, he pleaded, or just a bed. I don't really care where, I can sleep anywhere. So, well, I do have a double room within one occupant, the clerk said, an Air Force guy, admitted the manager, and he might be glad to split the cost, but to tell you the truth, 
he snores so loudly, you know, that people in the adjoining rooms have complained in the past. Have you heard this before, Brother Alex? <laughs> I'm not sure if it'd be worth it to you. So no problem, the tired Marine assured him. I'll take the room with him. So the next morning, the Marine came down to breakfast, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, well-rested, looking like uh, he was rejuvenated. And the clerk asked, how did you manage? How did you sleep? Never better, he said. The manager was impressed. No problem with the other guy snoring? None whatsoever. I shut him up in no time, said the Marine. How did you manage to do that? Asked the manager. So he said, he was already in bed. He was snoring away when I came in the room. The Marine explained. And I went over, gave him a kiss on the cheek and said, good night, beautiful. <laughs> so I went to bed and sleep. And he stayed up all night watching me sleep. <laughs> what a reputation, isn't it? So ganun pala, huh? All right. <laughs> he was robbed of his sleep because of a camouflage reputation. Sin will rob you of your reputation. Sin will rob you of your money, isn't it? Uh, we know the prodigal son's story. Uh, the unfaithful steward who was not faithful for the least, isn't it? Then that was taken out from him also because he just buried it, isn't it? And But look at the... Uh, this verse of scripture, who we ought to follow, all right? We should follow Christ, amen? Apostle Paul said, be followers of me as I follow Christ, as I imitate Christ. He's the one we should follow because if not, if we follow the path of sin, it will rob us of these things, money, health, reputation, and also years of your life, years of your life. There is a reason but Glenn is aware with this. Insurance companies want to know a little about your lifestyle before they insure you. Because they know that according to their statistics, certain lifestyles are big risk and they do not want to touch them. So some of the paths of sin find maximum pleasure, but you know, they also find maximum consequences. You know, um, drunkenness led to intoxication and accident that changed their life. A one-night stand, they get an incurable disease, or it ruined their family, and all this sin. But I'm here to tell you, we need to end. Amen? <laughs> there is a better way, and it is always God's way. And that way is the one we need, and we ought to go. So how can we really find God's will for our life, our purpose, as uh, our graduates here? You know, maybe you're seeking for God's will, wisdom in your life, what to take, what course, or how to go to a, about to a, another school, this and that. For all of us, there are several things we need to consider. Just basic, simple things, and we'll end. As we read in Ephesians 5.17, we need to understand the will of God. First, we know God's will through prayer. Amen? Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11, we read, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? What's the answer for that? Will a man who is a father, and the Bible says, if then ye being evil, if an earthly father, a sinner, 
know how to give, give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? That's the key there. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on praying. Amen? And the Lord will answer that. God the Father said, says the same today to us. He said, if you want to know something, ask. It is, it has, he then goes on to say, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more our Heavenly Father who is always good, amen, will give you the things that you needed. Does that mean that the first time we talk to God in prayer about His will for our life, we will know all the details immediately? No. That's why we keep on asking. We keep on praying. We keep on knocking. Remember when Paul was converted on the Damascus Road? God has to knock him off from the high horse he was riding to get his attention because he's persecuting his living church. In Acts chapter 9, verse 4 to 6, the Bible says, He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Soul, soul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. It shall be told thee what thou must do. Not all together at once that he will later on become the greatest apostle, one of the best Christians who ever walked the face of the earth and wrote more than half of the New Testament. It was just here, hey, I want to save you. I want to show you who I am really. I'm the one that you need to believe, and I will greatly use you. But it started one step at a time, isn't it? What you must do in that specific time. So when we pray, ask the Lord, what you have me to do in this specific time? Keep on asking. Keep on praying. The word ask, seek, and knock are in the present tense. That means you keep on doing it, continuing on doing it. So secondly, we know God's will through prayer, and basically, we know it through His Word. The Word of God is our roadmap to heaven, but you know what? The problem if you do not, do not take time to read it, and hear it, and be exposed to it, you will not know which way to go in this life. As the Bible is our believer's instruction before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E, isn't it that acronym? Or basic instructions before leaving earth for us as Christians. The Word of God is available for us to see, to hear, and read, and be able to listen to. So we will know God's will in our life, His plan. You know, some, uh, a lot of people are skeptics to the Bible. And uh, here in this pulpit is never a lack of preaching about the dependability of God's Word, the reliability of it, isn't it? It's accurate. In every sense of the word. Amen? It's accurate in its prophecy, in its history, in scientifically, in, in geology, anything. You know, it has proofs, it has evidence in the past, in the present. And just one of the best proofs is fulfilled prophecy, isn't it? And most of all, changed lives, Christians that are here because of what the word of God had done in their life. So there was this story. Some time ago, there's a little boy named... Uh, Timmy, who was nine years old, he went to his Sunday school class. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers. Amen? 
Sunday school class, especially for our young kids. Uh, he heard his teacher talk about how Israel escaped the clutches of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. So when Timmy got home, his mother asked him what he had learned that morning in Sunday school. Well, mom, our teacher told us how God sent Moses behind enemy lines on a res rescue mission to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. When he got to the Red Sea, he had his engineers build a pontoon bridge and all the people walk across safely. He used his walkie-talkie to radio headquarters and call in an airstrike where the Egyptians were closing in on them. They sent in bombers to blow up the bridge and destroy the enemy, and all the Israelites were saved. <laughs> Modern translation. Now, Timmy, is that really what your teacher taught you? His mother asked. Well, no, ma'am. But if I told you why, what the teacher told me, you'll never believe it. While we might find this little story amusing, it does show an attitude that is prevalent in our world today as far as the status of the Bible is concerned. Don't you know a lot talk about the Bible as just based on myth or legend? Some question is historical accuracy. Others, others propose that it's merely fiction and the invention of mankind. And this is startling to me. I, I look at the George Barna report of what American churches believe, you know, uh, recently about the percentage of Christians de denominations that were polled on whether they agreed with the following statement, the Bible is totally accurate. Look at this. All adults says 41% only. Adventists says 64% that the Bible is totally accurate. Assemblies of God, 77%. Baptists, any type, 66%. Yes, we go to a church in Merita, Merita Bible College, Merita Bible church and downtown there's a uh, first baptist church their name is first baptist church but they deny the virgin birth of christ so it doesn't mean there's a word baptist or uh you know uh, that they are teaching the truth that's why the apostle paul said us to you know search the scriptures isn't it to examine uh, because not everybody with we, we the name or christian of label of christian are telling the truth the doctrine so we praise and thank God here in our church, amen, by the grace of God, only by the grace of God. We hold fast to the cardinal, fundamental doctrines of the faith. Especially, of course, you know, we are independent Baptists. Of course, we have the name Baptist, but we believe what the Bible says. We are Bible believers, Bible believers. You know, look at this, Catholics, 26% only. Church of Christ, 57%. Episcopal, 22%. Lutheran, 34%. Methodist, any type, 38%. Mormons, 29%. Look, non-denominational Christian, at least 70%. They, they believe that the Bible is totally accurate. That's it. Walang 100%, no? Pentecostal, four square, 81%. Presbyterian, any type, 40%. So it appears that our culture has penetrated our church with skeptics in both the pulpit as well as the pew. Many who proclaim to be Christian doubt the absolute truthfulness of the Bible. Yet, it is from within its pages we are schooled about the teachings and messages of Jesus and the early apostles. We know the will of God through the Bible. Amen? We know what is right and wrong, absolute truth through the Bible. We know that God loves us. He has a plan for us through the Bible. And we need the Bible in our lives. Amen? Lastly, we know God's will through the Holy Spirit. So we know God's will, we can understand God's will, we can continue in these things because we have prayer, we have the word of God and the spirit. John 14 verse 26. 
but the Comforter, which is also another name for the Spirit of God, who descended, amen, in the church thousand years ago, which is the Holy Ghost from the Father, will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus told the disciples that it was expedient, it was profitable for them, for him to go back to the Father, to ascend up to the Father, so the Holy Spirit would come. And when he comes, the Bible says, he shall teach you all things. Yes, thank God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon all of us, individually. Amen? And before we cannot understand the Bible, but because we got saved, we have the Spirit of God teaching us right now. And also, when we go together as a group, as a body, as a community to study God's Word together with our teacher that's blessed by God to give wisdom and understanding, then we learn more about God's Word. But truly, in a sense, you don't need me, <clears throat> a Bible teacher, for you to read and understand parts of the Bible. Amen? If you will just seek the leading of the Holy Spirit, He will reveal you the truth. And, and we are so blessed today because we have access to good men of the faith who had written uh, commentaries who had written, you know, things that we can understand because, you know, we are just average people, isn't it? Laymen. But we can glean upon those resources. But the question is, do we take time? Do we study and meditate upon the Word of God? You know, uh, Martin Luther said this. I think we have a slide. The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. I hope our graduates will fall in love with the Bible afresh. I know you'll try to gain knowledge with the courses that you want to pursue, but don't forget about eternal things, spiritual things from the Word of God. Because there's two kinds of education, isn't it? How to make a living and how to live in this world. And the Bible tells us what good success is and how to live. I have to end, amen? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this simple reminder to continue to the things that we have learned and have heard. And uh, for our uh, <coughs> graduates here in our church, most of them have, have grown here in the church. And we know, Lord, there will be coming challenges as they go to college. And I, I pray, Father, that we will see them more often in church. They'll be more involved and we know the world would like to get them, snatch them away from us, uh, the busyness, the demands of life. But we need to always have time for you because you have given us time. Uh, you created us. You, you save us. You give life to us each and every day. So the more we educate ourselves with thy word and get to know you more, Lord, the more we... We love you, we'll serve you, and the more our life will be uh, of a purpose. And forgive us, Lord, for the many times we um, fail to do that, to have a, a love for your word and, and prayer. And sometimes we ignore the leading of the Spirit in our lives. And we just look at the good side of it, but not the whole picture. So help us, Lord, to just... Uh, do what you want us to do. And for those that have already been blessed by a job and been blessed by graduating, we give thanks to them, Lord. And may everything that we do, as you said in your word, will be done for your glory. Even normal, ordinary things. Just going work tomorrow, 
help us to be good stewards, to be faithful in what we do for your glory, not just for the money, but for just being good stewards. And we're thankful, Lord, for that, for just uh, allowing us to do what we can do and just to provide for our family. So uh, we pray now for our students, the students of the word and the students of uh, our secular world. Lord, give them wisdom and understanding and let us glory, truly, not because of might, not of earthly wisdom, not of riches, but we should be thankful and glory that we have an understanding and we know who God is. It's the greatest treasure of all, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for being so merciful to us. Pray now that you bless this remaining time that we have as we honor and recognize our graduates. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.